0: This is Freelance Feels, a podcast for anyone who is self-employed, freelance or thinking about it. My name's Jenny Stallard, I'm a freelance lifestyle journalist and I founded Freelance Feels in 2019 as a response to my own mental health challenges. The idea behind Freelance Feels is to show freelance life in all its reality, from the down moments to the yay ones, and share other people's stories as well so we all feel less alone in the self-employed world. I speak to a different freelancer, self-employed person or entrepreneur about their work and mental health, exploring their story, their challenges and triumphs, as well as getting valuable advice from them. Freelance Feels is also a newsletter, freelancefeels.substack.com and on social media at freelance underscore Please do come and find me on Instagram and let me know how you're getting on with your freelance journey. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate and review it. And now, on with the episode. welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This is my first two-person chat. I'm joined today by sisters Alice and Madeline from The Work Crowd. Hi ladies, how are you doing? Very well. Lovely to be here, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you. you. Gosh, this is going to, we're going to see how it goes, aren't we, with the chat in terms of who speaks when, because this is all new for me, but I'm I'm really chuffed that you both wanted to, because I think it's such an interesting self-employed dynamic to be sisters in business together. So we're going to deep dive into all of this would you like to tell everybody first of all sort of what you do as freelance slash self-employed people I think Alice if you want to begin by telling us because I think you had the germ of the idea and then you went into business together didn't you you'd like to start off by telling yeah. us how the work crowd came to be
1: yeah so um well my background's in talent so mm-hmm. I'm the founder of a talent business called Hanson Search and um I was also a single mom two young children and um, sort of working flat out, gosh, you know, getting to the office at eight o'clock in the morning, not getting home until eight at night, sometimes 10 o'clock at night. And I remember um, my daughter at the time turned to me one day and said, mum, I know you're really good at what you do, but um, apparently you're doing three jobs. And at the time I was also doing up a, a house. And she said to me, mum, do you mind cutting back what you do and ideally keep being my mum? Oh. And I was like, oh my God, that's so awful. I just had one of those moments of like, God, I'm, I'm really not doing this the right way. And I'm clearly not getting the right work-life balance. And simultaneously, um, when I used to drop them off at school sometimes, some mums used to come up to me at the school gate saying, I hear you're a headhunter in comms and marketing. Um, I used to be in comms, I used to be in marketing. Can we have a coffee? Because I gave up my job four years ago and I didn't know how to get back into work. Mm. And I kind of thought, hold on, and they're not doing it quite right because they're really like struggling and they wanted to kind of get the, the work back that they were doing and they're sort of, um, uh, yeah, make them feel good about, you know, next stages in their life. So I thought, well, hold on, there's all these brilliant women and there's, you know, clients also at the time were looking to hire more women. Um, and I thought, how can we bring these all together and actually freelancing um, fle- gave flexibility to individuals so um, I actually did a study um, after kind of these things happened, and discovered that actually, you know, individuals were looking for greater flexibility um, to enable them to work. So I sort of thought, well, I either go into like setting you know, the recruitment business up, focusing on contractors, or we launch a technology which would be much more agile, have much greater breadth, it would be much more cost effective, rich data behind it, and we can grow a global community of communication and marketing professionals and match them instantly up to great projects. So I had this idea. I spoke to a contact of mine, um, a guy called Ian Wright, who was then the global head of communications, at Diageo, now is the uh, chief executive of Food and Drink Federation. I said, what do you think? He said, sounds brilliant, you must do it. Um, and uh, And then spoke to my sister and said, what do you think? So um, I let Madeline take over. What did you think Madeline? <laughs> what, what, where were
2: well, you I in was, your life? <laughs> well, no, evidently I'm here now so I was very excited and passionate about the idea and I'm um, I mean, I a little bit like Alice actually my background had also been in talent but I think I'd, I'd sort of started off more on the tech side um, in terms of talent mm. and um, I had set up my own tech Recruitment company, which I then sold, and at the time we'd actually then been working in the city, um, helping some businesses um, create a, a sort of tech trading platform. Uh, so, so was was very much independent at the time, um, and I think from my point of view, for me, that I suppose what led it w- was going back to what Alice said, which is actually all about that work-life balance. So I made that decision to move out of London. Um, I bought some land with this big idea of building a house eventually and having horses, which were very much my passion. And actually, it's always been really important that I've had that sort of real work-life balance. And I think freelancing has enabled that. So when Alice sort of came along with this idea, um, you know, I absolutely embraced it wholeheartedly. And I think what I love about um, the work crowd and, and really the vision is that um, really it's giving the individuals that freedom and flexibility mm-hmm. to, to work wherever, but also creating that sense of community. And I think that's that, that also is important. So actually just remembering that going solo doesn't mean that you're going it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is actually a whole network out there. Um, and then I think likewise, just I think sort of taking it back a little bit to our roots. So you know our parents are hugely entrepreneurial and have been massive, massive inspirations. But actually, we grew up in the north of England, and you know the north of England, I cried during Thatcher years, oh my word, you know it was a very um a very depressed place, yeah, and I think there's parts of the u k where Actually, unfortunately, there hasn't been those opportunities. Companies haven't located there. There isn't, you know, all of the jobs that are there, they're really centred in one particular area. And I think what freelancing, but also the technology, whether that is being able to match and connect uh, freelancers as the work crowd does, or, or using technologies we're using today with video conferencing, etc. cetera, um, that you can work from anywhere. So yeah. I think for me that was a massive big driver. That actually, you know, in some respects we're fueling the future of work, um, and that actually in, in doing that and really trying to um, encourage freelancers to to go out there. In some respects, actually, you're spreading wealth further, mm-hmm. further further across the country. Um, and I think Covid interestingly enough has really accelerated that with more and more people working
0: from home. Um, so yeah. definitely, yes, Everyone's very, had a taste haven't they of like yeah work from home. For I always say to people it's like well at least we had a slight head start. We sort of knew you know what it was like working from home. It wasn't too much of a shock to freelance people to have to suddenly you know be because not everyone is at a desk, not everyone is has a home office do they you know you must find that a lot of your the people in the work crowd are working from co-working spaces kitchen table child's bedroom dressing table or whatever you know there's there's all kinds of different freelancers aren't there there's quite a a range well exactly and I think um I I think that has been quite tough for a lot of
1: people and
2: Mm. but freelancers as you say they've had a bit of a head start they've actually learned things quite often the hard way and they've learned what does work and what doesn't work. Um, And if you're able to, you know, having a dedicated workspace, giving yourself structure to your day, I think does from a freelance perspective, make things so much easier. But I know for myself, I mean, I've got a dedicated, I call it my glorified shed, um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) which is a dedicated workspace. And it is great because I've got a very similar setup to what I've got in the office, but, um, during COVID I had to move it and, uh, sadly the floor came away in the process. And I found myself having to work from the kitchen table. I had to, I was working outside under, it was just awful. And I really struggled and did suddenly feel for all of those people Mm. that don't that exactly as you were saying, Jenny. Yeah who are having to sort of struggle to um, to open their laptop and, <laughs> yeah. whether it's on the sofa or on the to kitchen find table. find five minutes of kitchen. space
0: because Alice you're in the office yeah. aren't you you're in the company office so as we're chatting oh, yeah. we're yeah. Three in a different spot um, did, did you always have an office or was that something as company owners you thought one day we'll have an office and these big dreams that we formulate when we begin our freelance business how long have you had the office is that where you've always been able to go has that been a safe business space for you guys to grow this
1: I mean we've been really really fortunate with where we've got um I mean, I'm the sort of person that I need people around me. I find it quite challenging not having people around me. So, um, you know, during lockdown, I, I found that quite hard. So I'm now coming in sort of twice a week because I, I do like just having a couple of people around me and bouncing ideas off. I actually quite like traveling to a place mm. because during that travel time, it's a transition time for my brain to start thinking about the day and what's going on and I mentally plan. Whereas when I walk from my bedroom to my kitchen it only takes me a matter of seconds and therefore I'm still in weird modes of like am I home am I at work so you know I do think freelancers who've been working remotely have a distinct advantage over those that used to going into an office Mm -hmm. Um, but because I also run another business I I had to get an office for, for that other business and we Um, the work crowd have sort of piggybacked that space so being really fortunate in in, in that side Um, but you know uh, it's interesting how the world is moving and a lot of our clients are now looking at sort of building their businesses virtually or finding a space where they can come together and almost have sort of community days and that's almost you know a new way of looking at it because everyone likes some interaction and even you know the sort of the remotest of freelancers want to work with other people and collaborate. And I think that's part of also why we launched the technology because we were trying to co- let people come together and collaborate. Now it's much more virtual, so they're set up in a <laughs> virtual way. But, you know, it is also nice having a cup of coffee and in, in the flesh, you know, if you can, and um, having those sort of face-to-face days. So, um, so yeah, I think community days is quite a nice way of, of, of mm-hmm. thinking about it. Um, Because, you know, humans are sort of pack, most humans are quite pack animals. And, you know, we do like to come together at some point.
0: Yeah, 100%. And in terms of you guys working together, would you always be in the office all day together? Or would you have certain days when, as you were building it up, how did you juggle the time between you both as you sort of started setting things up? Was it sort of a case of, well, we can't do this all day, every day together, because, you know, your siblings, was it difficult in that
1: respect? How did you juggle it all? I think one advantage, actually, being of sisters, which you mentioned, dealing never mm. had sisters, is you kind of have a natural sense with each other. So nothing's ever taboo. You can always discuss something. Yeah. Um, you know, so actually, we found our roles quite comfortably madeline very much sort of drives the business operationally and works on the development side i focus more on the marketing side um, and the investment side so we sort of naturally found our pattern but also madeline because she was um uh, living in the countryside was more sort of working remotely and would come in then for meetings but we've always just had a really um sort of very fluid way i mean it was funny um because I, I maybe mean, because of our age, we've come from, you know, I was my first job ever, or actually I always worked for myself. My first time I ever, ever worked for a company, I used to have to go in at eight and leave at eight. And if I left at six, they would say, thanks for popping in. So we've kind of been brought up in this sort of quite old school environment where, you know, mm. you should be present. And um, if you're running late, you should call in and tell someone so I remember Madeline you she used to in the first few few years text me she's really sorry I so said I'm running late today I'd be like Madeline you don't have to tell me like it's such a problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you in the pressure Madeline to perform as a business partner <laughs> to your sister.
1: No
2: I think it's exactly <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what Alice said was that uh, it's funny just hearing I don't think I've heard Alice actually say that you know about her the one job she had but exactly that. I remember my first job, um, very similar. I would get in at 7.30 and leave at 7.30. And it was very much expected that um, that you were there. I mean, if you mm. had a sick day, you know, your boss was calling you go going, do you think you could just take this client mm. call? Are you going <laughs> um, So exactly that. We, you know, naturally, we're very conscientious. And I think, actually, if you're thinking about being... A free, you know, thinking about being freelancing, um, or that entrepreneur, you know, a freelancer has to be entrepreneurial, setting yourself targets that you don't let your personal life blur mm-hmm. into your work life and you try and create as much separation as possible. Um, yeah, but that's, yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just adding to what Alice had said, mm. in, in terms of the sister side, I think for me, a big element has also been that actually, as a sister, you as, you, as there's no taboos, but if there is conflict, if there's something that you don't agree on,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's very, you've already gone through that whole learning curve of going, No, I, I don't agree with that for these reasons. What about this? but actually then putting it to bed because ultimately your sisters. So, you know, as a child growing up, Mm -hmm. you you learnt all of those lessons. (laughs) In some respects, you're taking those lessons and and bringing them into a work environment, um, hopefully to our benefit. (laughs)
0: That's what I'm thinking. There's actually a strength in it, isn't there? You know, you go into business with a sibling or a partner, then I think a sibling more, though, because like you say, it's almost like you've done your training growing up so you probably yes, sound yeah. more honest do you find that actually you get better business done because you can have a sibling honesty with each other so you can potentially turn around and be like you're talking rubbish like oh shut yeah, up yeah, <laughs> do you ever have those you know
1: clarity yeah. moments because you can be so direct yeah you can be much more straight talking and you can totally trust that person mm-hmm. and you don't really take as offense by it and then i think also you've learned you don't have to win every argument so actually their point of view might be right and your point of view might be right certain different times and it's mm-hmm. not a problem um you know, you've gone through the whole uh my mother well our mother sorry <laughs> used to be very much the and madeline was the older, so she rules the pecking order when we were younger uh, and so madeline used to sort of we're one of five um so we're from a big family so i think that also helps because we've all kind of um you know had to learn to get on with each other and uh, get the best out of each other and we probably both know each other's strengths and weaknesses and how we can kind of fit together in a, in a better way
0: Brilliant. you haven't roped any of the others into the business at the moment then no we'll, okay. we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we
1: need some diversity. we're both female <laughs> we're we need to hire different people oh, yes <laughs>
0: Do you find, I mean, you've obviously both had a lot of, you know, you've worked for yourselves for a lot of your lives, but do you find being self-employed and owning your own business is better for your well-being? I mean, a lot of people, so we talked earlier about, you know, the, being alone and, and the fact that you're not alone. I mean, do you guys find that being self-employed does give you a better well-being balance?
2: I personally think that actually it depends on the individual Mm. and I think first of all you need to actually be honest with yourself about what you need, um, what what motivates you, what makes you get up in the morning Mm. um, and ultimately what you're looking for from your life stroke career. Um, So freelancing isn't for everyone but for the individual that it's right for individuals that it's right for absolutely um so you know talking personally i love the fact that i have control of my work-life balance um i like the fact that actually i don't have a one-dimensional life in terms of my career so going back to what i'd said before you know i've got a, a small farm and i breed horses and that's a bit of a passion of mine and i know talking to lots of freelancers within our community They likewise echo that, whether it's writing a book or being a personal trainer or painting. I mean, there's just a whole eclectic um, mix of different things that individuals do or what led them to freelancing in the first place. So I think that if you are able to be true to yourself and, and follow your passions and express yourself in the way that you you want and stroke need to mm. then absolutely that has a great for your your mental well-being but on the flip side of that if freelancing and 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 the freelance lifestyle isn't right for you then i can see how for for some individuals it could be
0: detrimental yeah very much so it's kind of yeah. Do a lot of the people and the work crowd does mental health come up a lot is that something you guys see just so if everybody's confused that was Madeline chatting then I'm going to ask Alice this one do, do lots of people um do, do the people talk about that a lot in the work crowd is that something that comes up a lot as a topic mental health and well-being
1: yeah I think it's it's such a big topic at the moment um not only because of COVID but it's because, it's been a big topic for the past few years now and um it's a a reason why a lot of people choose to freelance because Mm -hmm. they want a better work-life balance. But the reality of running your own business, no matter whether that's you're an individual freelancer or trying to sort of scale up a small business, it's challenging. And, um, you know, I've worked for myself throughout my entire life other than 18 months. And sometimes, you know, I do go, Alice, what the hell were you doing? why didn't you just go and find yourself a nice big corporate company <laughs> where you can earn a nice wage and not worry about paying 25 other people tomorrow. And, um, you know, so there are challenges. Why didn't it. you do that? what <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I love what I do. So I have to caveat that I'm incredibly fortunate and I'm very passionate about what I do, but it isn't for everyone. And, you know, you've got to work out in yourself what, what is good for your mental health Mm. because that's very different to what's good for someone else's mental health and if if stress about where your next project or piece of work is coming from is going to cause so much stress that actually impacts your mental health and your ability to work Mm. then don't go down that path because it can be turbulent um you know you do have to be able to take on a degree of risk if you plan and, and and always keep sort of a, a good cushion to one side, a, a rainy day fund, yeah. um, there, and there's things that you can do to ensure that if you didn't have work for a month or two months or three months that you're okay. So, you know, it's just about looking at your finances and as you run a business no matter what size, you always have to think how long, have I got a road, a road run for my finances mm. and making sure you've got the right, um, structure in place for yourself. So, you know, mental health is, is absolutely keen. It's discussed so much. And I think there's so many, although technology enables us to work in a, a different way and be able to work remotely, technology mm. also puts a lot of strain on your mental health as well, because you're yeah. always on. And, um, you know, you, you might not have a, a, a a glorified shed to go work from (laughs) the kitchen table and that can add to your your mental health and and stresses um you might lose motivation for your work because Mm. you're not getting in a a good routine so i think um you know keeping a check on your mental health whether you've got a traditional work or a freelancer is is really important i
0: think you're so right it's almost like it's not something where you can say on mondays i look after my well-being and then the rest of the week you do something else it's a very Mm -hmm. constant trying to check in I mean what, what kind of things do you both do for self-care do you do things together do you like off to yoga together at lunch times or actually is one of <laughs> you very you know Alice might be the yoga person and, and Madeline's busy running doing triathlons how do you both uh, navigate self-care
1: <laughs> yeah it's interesting you say that because I um well during lockdown I think like many people at the start I was sort of doing loads of exercise and then I stopped running for wine and then yeah. I suddenly thought gosh <laughs> I need to swap the wine for running, but I've I really lacked the motivation to do it. I would go in and want, I start running 1K and think, oh, God, I've had enough now. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, um, we have a family uh, WhatsApp group specifically for fitness. Oh. And I set a, a family um, challenge, which is you have to run every day for a week, but the only sort of requirements was it had to be more than 1K and it had to be faster than a walk. So it could be like a, you know slow jog or something like that and that really helped me because i i felt i've made a commitment to other people and therefore i had to kind of do it and it actually got all the family going and we all started doing it and that sort of continued on as well so i do think exercise at the moment taking time out to have a walk um you know getting out into the countryside trying to meet with friends and colleagues or clients even for a, a sort of socially distant coffee is, is is, so important. And then also getting into a good routine. I'm a real believer in an old fashioned list, and I have to cross my list off throughout the day. And if I get to a certain point, I feel like I've really achieved something. Um, there's nothing worse than getting to the end of the day and you haven't really spoken to anyone, you haven't really felt you've achieved what you've set out to achieve. Um, but the beauty of actually working more from home for me is. I don't wake up at six o'clock in the morning now, and by six fifteen I've left the house, and by six thirty on the train, and then into the office, and have this sort of crazy day. I I get up, I read some emails, I take the dogs for a sort of a, a long walk, I come back, I sit down, have a cup of coffee, and then I start my day. So. You know, it's a. Uh, I actually feel much less stressed, even though we're going through a stressful time like COVID, mm. because I think I've got a better routine in place. Brilliant. That's interesting, isn't it? I think for some people,
0: routine's almost scary. But I mean, are you, are you on board with that as well, Madeline? Are you? Are you? How did you feel when this family WhatsApp <laughs> came on? You're like, oh, what? <laughs> no, it's I'm interesting not <laughs> because um,
2: <laughs> actually, it came for me just at the right time because um, so a little bit like alice actually i sort of thought when the whole lockdown came in I, you know it was a bit like i i could see that it would be really easy to creep into bad habits so actually i at the time embraced um lots of sort of online zoom classes from disco boxing to <laughs> hit classes you name it um but actually having done that for a period of time coupled with the fact that I was doing all of these increasing number of video calls, Mm. I felt a little bit zoomed out. And I was missing really just getting away from that computer time. So there's nothing better, you know, I think from both the fitness, mental health, just, um, clarity point of view, getting out into nature. And Mm. if you can combine that with running, brilliant you know it kills so many different birds with <laughs> one stone um you probably follow so, the but,
0: horses as well though do you a lot of people i interview have dogs and talk about dogs helping them with their routine and their mental health but if you've got horses and you're you're going out you know you've, you've got to get up and feed the horses no, and, exactly i mean my yeah. my day my day is exactly
2: is yeah it's quite segmented into um routine mm-hmm. so um, I think the big difference is that if I was going up into London I might have been getting up at five thirty <laughs> <right> now <laughs> to fit it all in where now I'm getting up at sort of six thirty I can do my horses in the morning, stop, have a cup of tea, get to my desk for eight thirty break away at lunchtime, maybe go for a walk. Or I do still do some Zoom classes, but what's mm. interesting is actually I started trying to mix that up. So I have done um, a deep breathing, sort of um, almost a meditative type, type class
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, just to change it up. Or I might go for a run and then again sort of, you know, the day might finish at sort of 5.30, 6 o'clock. Again, I do my horses. If I've got time and I've got the will, <laughs> do some exercise. So I think routine, routine is, is really quite key. And I think actually if you are working independently, putting some structure into your day
0: um, is really important. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Go
1: ahead, Alice. Yeah. Yeah, so I say routine is really important, but I've also discovered I need to make sure I've got some planned sort of fun and excitement. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Cool. <laughs> and yeah. Some, like craziness just to sort of jams up the week. So yeah. I think routine and structure with some different things going on. Yeah. And that's mm. quite unexpected. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree.
2: Because <laughs> otherwise you can get especially especially working from home it can start feeling a bit like Groundhog Day, where you're like, well, <laughs> so no, I, yeah. uh, I agree with you there. Yeah.
0: What advice would you have for people who are thinking of going freelance right now? So obviously there's a lot of people in the work crowd who are freelance, but I guess there might be a lot of people who are just going self-employed or thinking about it. And they'd be looking at a resource like the work crowd and thinking, well, that looks like a community I could join that would help me on this very scary beginning of a journey. What, what kind of advice would you you
1: have people? I'll throw that to Alice first. What would your advice for people who are starting out and going freelance? Well, number one, I think now's a great time to think about freelancing. I think, you know, um, there's a lot of people that may be furloughed, coming off furlough, my redundancy is happening. They're, mm. they're fantastic. They're great skills. And they're thinking, what do I do next? And um, it is an opportunity to give it a go. And I think also businesses are thinking, Gosh, in a tough economy, do I really want to make a permanent hire? Do I really want to pay an agency Mm -hmm. expensive fees? Or could I use some brilliant expert advice and a freelancer to help me? So now is a brilliant time, I would say, you know, really kind of go for it and and give it a go worst case it doesn't work and you can fall back on back into your permanent um employment and then so once you've made that sort of decision to make a leap think about what your skills are so really what's going to give you a competitive advantage over other people is that your industry knowledge is that your skill on the work crowd we specialize across communications and marketing but within there that's very big you know are you a specialist in in getting your getting businesses in the press can you help build a reputation in telecommunications SEO? So what's your exact specialism and what clients have you worked on and what projects and successes have you had in the past? Mm-hmm. So sort of do a bit of an audit of yourself um, and then start thinking, how am I going to get my first client? So obviously joining platforms like the Workround, um, which will link you directly to projects is a route. Think also about your network um, and, and enhance your ability to get it. A, a good job. So think about your your uh, profile on LinkedIn. Think mm-hmm. about developing a great profile on on the work crowd or other platforms. And so that's your marketing tool. And then make sure that you start engaging, connecting um, with with projects, and 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 trying to give it a go. And um, but then also think a little bit about. So say if you were someone from I don't know the travel PR industry at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's you know very few projects in that market. So you might want to think also if you're in an industry sector that's been hugely hit by COVID, where could you transfer your skills slightly? Mm. What industry sector could you transfer into um, and start working on projects, uh, maybe writing blogs about a specific topic that you're interested in to start building up a little bit of a portfolio. And then, you know, it's, it's really sort of getting yourself out there mm. and also networking going to different virtual events, seeing what's going on, collaborating with other freelancers. That's such a good route and it's great for your mental health and getting jobs yeah. and just kind of seeing what's out there. So, you know, freelancers also a brilliant at collaboration and great at giving referrals. We find our community really is built from our community. Mm-hmm. They're so often recommending other freelancers to us and to join up. So. Um, you know really kind of see the power of the freelance community they're there to help and they often will help if you reach out
0: oh that's brilliant i've learned a lot there for me actually i'm like oh
1: <laughs> how about you madeline how would you add to that
0: <laughs> or would you um, add to well, that
2: um, <laughs> I, was say. I think alice has, has summed it up very nicely i think the only slight thing that i would add is that i think when people um when individuals are moving from permanent work to freelance work, they need to really sometimes rethink about actually how they, they present and market themselves. So I quite often find that you know, freelance or individuals will come to me and their, their initial profile will look very much like a permanent profile, you know, chronological order, order, I was employed by this company from this date to this date, uh, I'm doing X, Y, Z. As a freelancer, I really think you have to actually rethink it. And this is Mm. particularly important when you're thinking about winning projects. So actually think about what your customer is looking for. They're not looking for someone specifically employed in this company from this date to this date. They're looking for those transferable skills. So Mm. what can you deliver for them? So going back to what Alice had spoken about in terms of thinking about what your key areas of specialism is. You know, are you going to be able to help get that company great media exposure? You can help them uh, acquire new customers through digital marketing. Are you brilliant at actually building a company's SEO credibility? Whatever it is, think about those deliverables and and actually what you can offer. But then also create from your employment background a case study of of where and how you've done that for other Mm. companies that you can show them. And I think actually doing that is really powerful um, and really then helps you win more business.
1: Thank you, ladies.
2: That's really
1: brilliant. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. caveat like... <laughs> that, you also probably need to think a bit about your structure as well. Do you want to be set up as a sole trader or a limited mm-hmm. company? And that's something that Madeline talks a lot of, to the freelancers about um, and the difference of structure. So there are a little bit of sort of housekeeping things that you, mm-hmm. you do need to think around as well. Yeah, because as much as
0: I like to talk about the fields, there is the practical as well, isn't there? And I guess if you get those things in place and you're happy with, yeah, you say, I'm going to be a limited company and you're happy with that, you can get on with your work then because your mind isn't worrying about, oh, I'm not even registered. I hear people go on, on forums and sometimes I see posts where people sort of say, oh, I'm going freelance. So what do I need to do? Do I need to register with like the government or something? And you're like, yep, yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's those little things that if you leave them, and then you forget about them they can build up to be a problem area can't they because you haven't focused on them at all and suddenly you're six months in and you haven't registered with hmrc and you're like oh i just kept forgetting or it's easy to forget the boring and inverted commas bits isn't it but actually you get those in place and you feel better about your business because you're not worrying about you know your business bank account or or the buffer if hopefully you've got one but yeah that's um Oh, I this, you know,
2: and this is it, there's, you know, going back to what Alice said about actually freelancers and very much, you know, they're, they're very much a community and they're really mm. very much pro sharing. I think a key thing is just go out there and research and ask questions and ask for help and don't be afraid to, to do that because actually people are really willing to help and, and help guide you. Um, so, don't be afraid, just go out there and, and, and embrace it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Freelancers aren't mean, they're kind to each other. It's funny, Absolutely. No one's out to get each other, everyone's out to help each other. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, ladies, thank you so much for joining me. Um, would you like to tell everyone where they can find, if you'd like to say both of you individually on Instagram or if you just want to say with the work crowd, where, where can they find everything you're doing and if they'd like to con- consider joining, how would they go about all of that? I don't know who'd like to say it. And Madeline, do you maybe want to tell us about the work crowd and you? And then Alice, you can tell us if you've got other socials and things you'd like to tell us about. So you can um, obviously find the work crowd, www.theworkcrowd.com. Um, I
2: think as Alice said, we're a network of freelancers working across marketing, communications and PR. Um, and our tech platform will match and connect businesses directly to relevant individuals within our network. Um, we have also got a Facebook group, um, so if you look on Facebook the work crowd instagram the work crowd LinkedIn the work crowd you'll find us there and awesome. you can email us at hello at the work crowd so <laughs>
0: well, sorry Alice I haven't got you to give any of the uh, information but I guess that's all yeah, I I just covered it very nicely there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you make a great team you, you you can tell that you you guys are, are doing well at, at working together it's really cool actually I'm and I really get great energy from you both that as siblings you are making that work as business partners and it's it's really lovely to chat to you both at the same time about it so thank you very much for joining me. Love lovely chatting you. with you thank thanks for having me. Thanks. thanks Jenny. Thank bye bye. Thank you for listening to Freelance Feels the podcast for humans who work for themselves. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have you can rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and follow for future episodes. You can find more about Freelance Feels at freelancefeels.com and more of my work at jennystallard.com. Freelance Feels also has a monthly newsletter which you can sign up to at freelancefeels.substack.com and for daily updates follow on Instagram and Twitter at freelance underscore feels.